0: Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums, On the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality, learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, source, the universe, the great mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Mike Redgrave, who is the owner of Full Moon Bonsai in Marietta, Georgia, and he's been doing this for the last 24 years. In that time, he has become one of the premier next-generation bonsai artists in the South and has become known for high-quality traditional Japanese bonsai. His bonsai art has appeared at corporate events, art galleries, and in major motion pictures and commercials. Mike has been a strong advocate for the fascinating art of bonsai through teaching and sharing the spirit of bonsai with tens of thousands of people. He enjoys teaching about bonsai at garden centers, garden clubs, and with his own students, as well as writing articles on bonsai for his website and other publications other publications. He's a regular on the art festival circuit in the southeast, as well as the flower show circuit and bonsai events. Through his work with the Atlanta Bonsai Society, Michael has become the main sponsor of the Japan Fest exhibit. It has become one of the most successful bonsai fundraisers in the southeast. Welcome, Mike. Thank you for being here today.
1: Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks for having me.
0: So how did you get interested in the art of bonsai?
1: I got. I'd love to say that I grew up in Japan and a great master taught me, but actually, a pretty simple story. I, I bought one years ago and did pretty well with it. And uh, I saw a gentleman selling them at Christmas time, and I said, "Oh, this is something you could really get into." And uh, it, it's uh, you like the outdoors and you like uh, working with uh, uh, plants and trees, and so that's how I got started.
0: So, how long do you have to? work with bonsai before you really are accomplished enough to then turn around and sell bonsai plants?
1: I think it takes about 10 years to really understand all the subtleties of bonsai. It's a, it's a very intricate art form, and uh, there are a lot of subtleties to it um, that are, take a while to understand. And also the culture is very different uh, that bonsai comes from in Japan, than, in the, uh, than what we can understand in the United States. So it takes a while to understand it.
0: So in the 24 years that you've been doing Bonsai, how have you seen a shift in the way people look at the art or are interested in the art? What, what has changed in, in the U.S. in that regard?
1: It's changed a lot, not just in the U.S., but internationally, and it's become a very international art form. For instance, in Italy right now, it's all the rage, and it's become very popular and different uh, places in Europe and South America, and I think the United States has fallen a little bit behind in bones eye because we have import restrictions here. Uh, the USDA import restrictions, which are pretty severe, where Europe they don't have those restrictions. So a lot of the good bones eye are actually going to Europe right now. But the United States is uh, still a very vibrant center for bones eye. And there are clubs all through the United States that support bonsai. And right here in Atlanta, we have the Atlanta Bonsai Society, which is uh, we're a member of and is a very strong supporter of the education of bonsai in the Atlanta area.
0: So when, when someone purchases a bonsai plant, it's, it's a living thing, so there's obviously things they need to do to take care of it. It's not like purchasing a, a painting or purchasing a... A sculpture or a piece of pottery. So, how do you how do you teach your customers what they need to do?
1: Well, first I tell them it's a little bit like having a pet, and uh, so people say, "Well, I can't keep anything alive. I can't keep a plant alive." I say, "Well, do you have a dog or a cat? Have you killed them yet? No." <laughs> <laughs> and so it's a little bit like having a pet with a little tender loving care. It it goes a long way, and we call bones eye the living art or the silent poem so bonsai should tell a story uh, about what the tree's been through and uh, where it grew up and where it's been so i tell my customers it's nothing difficult there's no magic secret about growing bonsai it's a lot like growing any other container plant although you do have to be uh, pretty dedicated to watering it every day in the summer
0: so do so. In addition to watering, it do is there other things that someone has to do to maintain their of their course, artwork? Of
1: course, there's a, a trimming and a repotting and so forth. Uh, but basically, these plants once they're in a container, they grow pretty slowly, um, and so it's not as much maintenance as people uh, think it is. So,
0: how does your spirituality find expression in your art of creating bonsai?
1: Well, I think in a lot of ways, it's, a, it's an extremely spiritual art form and meditative art form to begin with. So when I began or before I began in Bones Eye, I was really a type A personality and uh, had uh, you know type A type jobs and so forth. And 24 years later, I'm probably the complete opposite of that. And so I think it finds expression in the way we create the trees. um, There's no talking in bonsai. It's basically a silent meditative um, act. And the more you do it, the more you understand um, your place in the universe and your connection with nature. And hardly anything, I think, can bring you closer to nature and closer to the source than, than doing bonsai.
0: So when you're working on a on a piece, how long can you work on it at a time? Um, because I know it's a it's a slow process of training this plant and and getting it groomed exactly right. How long can you work on one piece before you then go to work on something else?
1: It's a slow process, and to get a really good show quality material, it can take up to fifty years to get a really good show quality bonsai. But when I'm working on a piece, if it's a fairly complex piece of material uh, that's raw material to start with, um, and especially if I'm giving a demonstration, it can take four or five hours to really completely wire and pot and, and complete a piece. Other pieces that, that are smaller and what we call our commercial eye, which is the stuff that we sell in the garden centers and at the shows mostly, um, that can take you know fifteen twenty minutes uh, per piece.
0: So how does how is a bonsai defined? Is it by the size? Is it by the the way that it's structured? What how do you define that?
1: It, it's really um, defined um, by the size. So you have mame bonsai, uh, which are the smallest or miniature bonsai, and uh, then you have the standard size, and then you have a large size bonsai. But it's really defined by different styles. So there's 12 basic styles which refer mainly to the angle of the planting of the tree. So you have cascade trees that look like a tree hanging off a cliff off a mountainside. And you have informal upright trees which have some curve and movement to them. And you have slanting trees and so forth. So they're mainly defined by one of those 12 um, classic Japanese styles.
0: So where do you, um, what raw materials do you start with? Do you start with uh, just any tree or do you have to have a certain type of tree?
1: No, we kind of pride ourselves on uh, sort of uh, paving new ground and trying new plant materials that maybe have never been tried for bonsai, so you can use just about anything that has a small enough leaf that'll look to scale, so you probably wouldn't use a magnolia uh, for material, but the amount of material is tremendous that you can use for bonsai. It's literally three to four hundred different types of plant material are well suited for bonsai.
0: What kind of um, studio do you work in?
1: I work, unfortunately, right now. I work outdoors uh, most of the time, and uh, I have a very basic uh, workbench that I work on, and it allows me to be right in the middle of the nursery. So I can go and choose material that I want to work on, and it's a very sort of free form way of working. And uh, I try and get done between five and ten pieces a day, um, which, because it's a time consuming art form, it can take take quite a while just to do 10 pieces so um, but it's a it's a very free-form way of working when it gets too hot I either jump in the pool or I go inside and <laughs> and uh, work in the garage but it's a it's not a typical artist studio it's uh, I have my tools and uh, I'm surrounded by a whole nursery full of plants so I feel very lucky that I have that amount of material to work with uh, other artists I can understand that it can be blocking and it can be a struggle um, to start from a blank canvas or to start from a piece of wood or piece of stone and then have an artistic vision for that. We're a little bit better off because we have uh, plant material that we already know what to do with it. So,
0: Well and I would think that it's probably a little tricky with the extremes of weather that we sometimes have in Atlanta. I mean usually our winters are not too bad but you know, occasionally we have, like last year, we had a whole week that was, you know, below zero and very, very cold. So I would think that would be a little of a challenge um, with your with your nursery and your and all of your work.
1: Well, plants are tougher than they seem. Uh, we primarily use um, hardy plant material that can stay outside year round. We do get plant material from Florida every year. Our tropical trees and those are usually. Um, sold by the end of the year so we don't have to overwinter them. But it's only when it gets down to 10 or 12 degrees that I really start to worry about a few things. So,
0: so do you do many um, commission pieces or are most of your pieces that people just come by what you have to offer?
1: Uh, most of our pieces are are picked from our selection of plant material that we've prepared. Occasionally I'll get a special request for a certain size for a commercial or a certain type of tree for, um, for a wedding. Like we recently did a wedding ceremony downtown and they had picked out two beautiful bonsai that were uh, framed by the Atlanta skyline. And they had the uh, wedding actually ceremony take place between the, the two bonsai. So that was interesting. Occasionally we do get uh, special requests, but, uh, but mainly people are happy just to get a good tree at a good price. So,
0: and so when um if people wanted to come find your artwork, how would they how would they find you? How would they come buy a bonsai from you?
1: Well, most people start by um looking at our website, which is uh bonsai com. We're building a new website right now. It's under construction, uh but the old one it has tons of information about the art form itself. It's very educational, and the new website will be even more so. You can also come to any of the festivals that we do. Um, we'll be at Japan Fest September 14th and 15th. Uh, we'll be at the Candler Park Festival October 13th and 14th. And uh, we just got into the uh, Piedmont Park Art Festival, which we haven't done before, which is a big deal for us. So um, there's some uh, some of the art festival juries are a little reticent to... Uh, let bones eye in uh, to the art festivals because they don't understand it as a as a uh, one of the standard accepted art forms that usually go in an art festival. So we'll be at the Piedmont Park show, um, and that's the 18th or 19th of August. And of course, you're always welcome to come to the nursery and uh, look us up in Marietta and come make an appointment. Come check us out. That's the best way to see what we have to offer.
0: So can you share a story of how creating this work of, of your your art, your art of bonsai, how that has expanded your awareness of God?
1: I think it's expanded my awareness in a lot of ways. Um, uh, I've been a seeker all my life, um, sort of on the path, and have done uh, explored various religions and various forms of meditation. For instance, I do siddha yoga and uh, zen meditation and i have of course a catholic upbringing and uh, i think it has expanded my awareness Um, it's just the uh, the silence of of doing uh, meditative art form i think will bring you closer to yourself and uh, through an interaction with plant material you gain, um, you know, a greater understanding of yourself and thereby a greater understanding of God.
0: Well, and you said that it took, you know, it took a while for you once you started on this road of learning bonsai and learning the art of bonsai um, to then making it a full-time profession. How did you decide to to turn that into what you were doing full-time?
1: Well, I think anybody that turns their hobby into a profession should think long and hard about it, because you can certainly ruin your hobby by trying to turn it into a business. And all of a sudden, you have production quotas, and it becomes uh, somewhat stressful to keep up with the business. So you run the risk of losing the enjoyment of the hobby by turning it into a business. So I thought about it, and, uh, you know, of course, one day you wake up and you have 200 trees in your backyard, and you (laughs) say, well, I've got to start selling some of these, and it sort of gradually turns into a business, but uh, I made the decision that it's uh, something that I love to do, and uh, if people are willing to buy them and support it, uh, then I, I think it's one of the... The great business to get into. Although you may starve the first five or ten years um, trying to do it, but once you get established, it's a it's a great business to be in because you get to work from home. You you don't have to fight Atlanta traffic and go through that commute. Um, you can although you have to be very dedicated to working and set your uh, hours accordingly. Um, it's very rewarding uh, lifestyle.
0: Well, and I know any, anybody that owns a business, there's a lot of things that go into your business that don't have anything to do with the main core of what you're, what you're selling. So how, how much um, are you able to actually do your art versus how much time do you have to spend doing all the other things to make your business work?
1: Right. I'd love to say I get to do it all the time, but I don't. I, I tell people it's uh, it's not easy because I have five jobs and one. So I have to be the sales manager. I have to be the nursery manager. Um, I have to be the artist, of course. And I have to be the webmaster. And I have to be the uh, the public speaker that goes out and uh, gives lessons and gives public demonstrations. So it's really like having four or five jobs in one. So if I only got to do bonsai, um, all the time it would be terrific we'd be way ahead of the game but of course there's a lot that goes into running a business so
0: and you do a lot of festivals do you enjoy that that time at the festivals
1: I love the festivals because it, it gives me a chance to interact with our customers and find out what they like and what they don't like and what they're interested in and especially the children I really love the children seeing their reaction to the trees when they come in because that's a a really pure reaction to the art and uh, also have love talking to the other artists at the festivals and see how they view their work and our work and basically our, our place in the world as artists.
0: So at what point did you start thinking of yourself as an artist?
1: I think it took a couple of years. I think, you know, when you start dabbling in any kind of art form um, you struggle at first to find your source and to find, your inspiration for what you want to do, but I think after five or six years, after especially after you start doing art festivals and uh, the greater art community starts to accept you as an artist, then you can start thinking of yourself as an artist. But I think it I think it takes a while to make that step. Um, there's a great book that any artist should read if they're listening called The Artist Way. And uh, it's really more than a book. It's a 12-step program on how to overcome the obstacles of of becoming an artist.
0: I was just talking to a friend yesterday who we both are um, fans of The Artist Way, and I was saying to her it was such a game-changer for me when I read that book because it made me look at myself as an artist completely differently than what I had looked at myself before.
1: Yes, it's a a great book, and it's... uh, makes you do a couple of things that uh, will help you open yourself up to becoming an artist. And one is the journal, that you just have to sit down and write whatever you think of, write 10 pages every day, which is a much bigger challenge than it sounds like.
0: So do you do that?
1: I did it. I did it. I did the whole program, and uh, I still... Uh, keep a journal, especially when I travel, uh, I like to keep the journal and I can go back and I can read about the places I've been. But time constraints don't allow me to do as much writing as I'd like to do. But I've uh, been threatening to write a book for years. So Hopefully one day I'll get around to it.
0: Well, that would be awesome. So how, um, if, when, when you're getting ready to do your art, do you have any kind of a process where, that you do to connect to that that inspiration and that divine flow or that creative zone however you want to call it do you have well after this
1: many years it's it's almost automatic uh that you kind of learn how to get into that groove and start producing art Um, but it wasn't you know always that way Um, in the beginning you have to sort of uh force yourself into that mode Uh, but now it's almost automatic. And what I do is I get up, I have a cup of coffee, I water the whole nursery first, uh, which is sort of a meditative act in itself. And it gives you time to think and meditate about what you're going to do that day. And uh, I find that music helps a lot. Um, You know, I love my uh, iPod Nano. (laughs) So I have a uh, about 10,000 songs on there now and all different kind of music and I think that really helps you get into uh the groove of working and getting going. So I meditate in the morning uh and then I meditate while I'm watering and then I am ready to create.
0: And so do you are you able to have time every day that you can actually work on your art?
1: Yeah, I would say um I would say 5 days out of 7. I have time to work on the art. Sometimes it's a half day. Sometimes it's, it's all day. Um, but, of course, I have customers to see. We have um, several garden centers that carry my work. So I have to see them, and we have the shows. And then it's a big job just um, gathering the material. So I travel the whole southeastern United States to visit nurseries and gather the type of material that I need to, to create the bonsai art.
0: And so do you have nurseries that kind of are on the lookout for you that can give you a heads up if they have something in particular that they think would be an effective material for you?
1: Yeah, sometimes they they do call me, but mostly it's uh, searching, and uh, I've, I've got to say that the uh, the GPS makes that so much easier than the old days uh, when I was out nursery hunting in a new town and um uh, I hope Ma Bell's not listening, but I used to tear the pages out of the phone book (laughs) and then call them up and ask for directions. Now I can just type nursery into the GPS and it'll tell me where all the nurseries are in the area. So it's made it a lot easier and a lot more fun to go search for material. So sometimes we're looking for material at uh, people sort of like me that have a bonsai nursery and uh, some of them are wholesale and some of them are little mom and pop operations where I can get material that's a little far along but mostly they're big wholesale nurseries and uh, there's a limited amount of stuff there that we can use so it takes a lot of takes a lot of searching to find good material
0: well and I know in the bio we mentioned that you do a lot of teaching that you like to teach and you do a lot of teaching how does that work into your into your your days and your weeks do you have a regular schedule of how you teach or is it just more sporadic
1: well, teaching is uh, the teaching is a lot of fun. It is time consuming, and it's not really something I make money on. Um, but I think teaching is important because you um, spread the word about bonsai among people that haven't been too exposed to it before. You may get a lifelong customer by giving them a bonsai lesson, and so we teach in different ways. You can take an individual bonsai lesson, it's $45 to get started, and we'll teach you the basics. We break it down into steps, so that you can learn step by step. That way you can take any piece of material, and once you know what the steps are, you can do it. And then we do demonstrations all over the Southeast to garden clubs and bonsai clubs all over the Southeast. And that's a lot of fun because it puts you in touch with your peers. These are all bonsai collectors and bonsai hobbyists. And uh, it allows you to sort of hone your craft uh, in terms of teaching and to uh, see a wider audience and expose them to your ideas.
0: How has the art of bonsai affected your spiritual evolution, or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art?
1: I think bonsai has affected my spiritual evolution a lot just by its uh, nature. It has a quiet um, spiritual nature of its own. For instance, in the Shinto religion, bonsai trees are still used in the ceremony. And uh, bonsai, the triangle that the bonsai forms in Japanese uh, spirituality is a connection between heaven, God, and man the three corners of the triangle and so if you think about that it's uh it 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 does affect your spiritual evolution because you're so much more in touch with the tune of the seasons changes of the seasons um the rhythm of uh, flowering trees and so forth and there's a stillness there that i think um, really puts you more in touch with the source
0: well, and I think, I've, I even find myself that, you know, in the business world, you get into this process of really pushing and trying to make things happen. And when you look at the the seasons of nature, there's no pushing. You have to wait for, you have to do the prep work and you have to do the, you know, different steps, but you can't make it happen any faster,
1: no, you can't make it happen any faster. <laughs> and we absolutely uh, stretch the bounds of Mother Nature, what Mother Nature can do, uh, because we can't always pot eye and um, do the root pruning at the optimum time of year. So it's a process of learning what you can get away with and what you can't. So, but the rules of nature, um, they sometimes can be bent, but they, they can't be broken.
0: Uh, and i think that's i think that's a good lesson for all of us you know kind of getting into the rhythm of the way life really
1: works yes absolutely
0: so um i saw in your material that you sent me before the show that you were instrumental in getting the category of bonsai accepted into the southeastern flower show um how important was that to the art of bonsai to have that be in in such a big flower show.
1: Well, that's an interesting story. I, if you go to any of the major flower shows throughout the world, uh, bonsai is a centerpiece of the of the show. For instance, the Chelsea Flower Show in England and the Philadelphia Flower Show, uh, bonsai is a is a big deal and is a big drawing card to the event. And so, when I spoke with the uh, flower show committee, this back in 2000. Um, I said, well, why don't you have bonsai in the flower show? And they said, well, we just don't have anybody to do it. And would you like to do it? (laughs) Oh, by the way. (laughs) And uh, so I got got them started, and uh, it was uh, an amazing experience uh, um, because it it also got the the whole uh, Atlanta bonsai community involved in the flower show And we actually had some some great displays over the years that I think uh, people really enjoyed. And I loved loved doing it. And um, I had a great time with it. I got a little tired with the politics at the end, so I let some of the younger guys take that over now.
0: Well, it's always such a great show. And I remember seeing Bonsai there several times that I've been. So I thank you for being instrumental in getting that into the show. Yeah. So what... um, is there any, any last thing that you would like to tell our listeners about how they could connect their own process of their art into their expression of spirituality?
1: Well, let's see. Um, I think if you take the time to visualize um, what you want to create and understand that uh, God was a creator, and as a creator since we were made in his image, we were intended to be creative beings. It's, it's intrinsic and part of our nature. And if you look at yourself in that light, I know a lot of people don't, but all of us have that innate ability to become creative beings, and it's a, a great way to explore your inner self.
0: So tell our listeners again how they can find you and, and find your work.
1: Yeah, they can go to our website, www.bonsaimoon.com. They can also come to Japan Fest and see us. And the Candler Park Festival and the Piedmont Park Festival will be our first show. And that's August 18th and 19th. I think it's going to be great to be in that show because all Atlanta will be there.
0: So all of those shows are Atlanta-based shows. So for folks that live other places in the country, come to Atlanta. Come Come to Atlanta. Come to the shows.
1: come to our nursery, our nursery Again, as Full Moon Bonsai Nursery in Marietta, Georgia. It's not far off of I-75, so if you're ever going up and down and you'd like to see some great bonsai, come on by.
0: Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate you being part of our show today.
1: Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. And thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artasworship.net. Please come share your stories of artist worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash artist or suggest an artist that we should interview. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste.